Hey, hi, thank you for tuning in back again with Nuggets on the Go on the Property Brothers Podcast. My name is Melvin Lim. This is a series where we share a nugget daily with you when it comes to buying and selling a property in Singapore and that the Property Brothers team will aspire to creatively market every singular real estate that we touch. It is our passion to market real estate to its fullest potential. And once again, this series is dedicated for short little bite-sized tips for you to understand a little bit more when it comes to buying a property or selling a property in today's market in Singapore. And we hope that you have a great day ahead and let's go for today's nugget. All right, so uh, this question uh, asks, what are some of the things for me to take note if I'm a buyer and I'm about to put in an offer for the private property in the resale market that I intend to buy? Oh, great question. And uh, I think it's very important to actually remember some of the good practices before you actually put in an offer, you put in a check uh, for a resale property to a private property owner because there are just some things that are clearly different when you're buying a new launch uh, from the developer and from the resale market. Now, what are some of the good practices? Now, number one, before you actually put in an offer, it's very important to call your banker because you want to ask your banker to do an indicative desktop valuation of that property that you intend to buy. Reason being, uh, compared to a new launch, when you go to the developer, when the developer lists the price, I would say close to 100% of the time, the bank will actually match according to the list price that the developer is selling. Now, compared to the resale market, that's uh, entirely different. Why? Because the valuation method from the bank for resale properties depends on several factors, for example, like the most recent transaction prices, the height of the unit, the renovation, the facing of the unit. So there are several factors that affect the valuation of the property. So it's very important that you call your backup. For example, before I offer for this unit, let's say unit number hex 10-01, I need to send uh, the exact details to my banker from the bank that I intend to loan from, let's say bank ABC. I need to send to my banker from the bank and say that, okay, this is the address, hex uh, 10-01, the square feet uh, goes like this, uh, roughly has a condition of the property. The owner is asking for like 1.5 million, uh, can you match it or not? If the banker comes back to me and say that, hey Melvin, um, we can match 1.5 million, then I can safely go ahead and negotiate an offer for the property. So in the event, if I really do buy at 1.5 million, I'm very sure that I can loan, based on the latest cooling measures, I can loan 75% of that 1.5 million because my bank supports the valuation. Now, for example, if let's say the seller wants to sell the property at 1.5 million, but my banker say, hey, it's Melvin, um, we can only uh, match up to 1.4 million. So in the event, if I still go ahead and buy at 1.5 million, the bank will actually only loan me 75% of 1.4 and 100,000, I actually have to top up in cash. So this is a very important step to check before you actually uh, place an, a firm offer to the seller to start the negotiation process. Now, number two, you have to make sure that the terms of the offer is clear. Now, usually if um, an agent is representing you, they will actually have a, what we call an offer letter. Now, the offer letter usually is a, a one-page offer letter uh, accompanied with your check to present to the seller agent and the seller will actually uh, come back to you to say that whether the offer is accepted or declined. Now, if the offer is accepted, the seller uh, agent will actually draft out an OTP and then you will collect the option, meaning that uh, now you have the option and the deal is done. So in your one-page offer letter, it's very important because once the offer letter goes through and the seller accepts it, it's very hard to change the terms because all the changes in the terms will have to go through both 
seller and buyer lawyer, which is a little bit more tedious. So a few key things. Number one, make sure that you indicate clearly your option period. Option period can be in the market practice, usually it's about 14 days. Completion period, whether it's eight weeks, 10 weeks or 12 weeks, discuss that prior um, to you making a firm offer. Discuss with the seller or the seller's agent to see mutually what kind of completion weeks are both parties are comfortable with. And probably you might want to indicate in your offer letter to ask for maybe a one-time inspection to actually bring your contractor or renovation ID to go out and take some measurement if you're in a rush to renovate your place straight away after completion. And also do indicate uh, another inspection appointment for your bank's appointed valuer to go out to do the valuation inspection because that is uh, part of the bank's process. They will actually send in their valuer to do uh, a valuation of the place as part of the process to disperse your loan in the event if you're taking a bank loan. And of course, indicate the buyer's names clearly in the offer letter and your price clearly in the offer letter as well and indicate the option fee and the exercise fee clearly. And of course, to protect yourself as a buyer, uh, do request to do up an inventory list of the property, fixed fittings and fixtures if there's any to be left behind because uh, that will be at least a more transparent approach so that uh, you can be sure like the fixtures and fittings that you see during the viewing will be left for you. Alright, I hope that, that answers your question. I'm planning to sell my current property, restructure my plans a little, planning to buy two properties. One will be under my hubby's name and one under my name. Do you think it's safe to do that or just to be safe and buy one property under both our names? We're currently both working, we have well-paid jobs and after selling our place, we have both sets of down payment for two properties. So do you think that it's safe for us to go ahead and do so? Interesting question from somebody that is planning to sell their current property and then restructure their property portfolio plans a little. Great question and I think that everyone at a certain point in our life will definitely want to plan to buy another property for investment or for long-term rental play. Whether is it to buy a second property in future just to rent out for the long term. If there's an opportunity after buying a second property to actually uh, sell it uh, once it appreciates and stuff like that. But I think there are actually a few key things that we usually look at before we decide whether it is safe uh, to go ahead and have this plan. For us, what we like to term it as one plus one plan. One property actually is for your own stay. The other one is for your rental play or uh, upside investment. Now, I think the first key thing is to plan and ensure that your finances is viable and allows you to do that. So, Internally, back in how we calculate for our clients is we use what we call our portfolio planning calculator. So what we do is that we actually crunch in the numbers of the current property that our client have and then we see that after the sale of this property, the numbers that comes out of it, the amount of CPF funds that is released and then we pump in the numbers into the next uh, portion here to plan in the event if let's say our client were to buy two properties, how does the number fare and then how does it look like whether it passed a stress test, uh, is it too stressful for uh, the client to undertake two properties and also to work out what is essentially their plan. So importantly is, um, I think the numbers has to work out and it has to be comfortable for the family before they actually proceed for this thing. So important is work out your finances with um, your agent, who is whoever is representing you now. The second thing which we think is important is that the property for your own stay, we all have our preferences. I mean, some of us just grew up in certain estates and certain part, probably you grew up in the east, or grew up in the west, and you just like to stay near that because your life is there. Your parents, your siblings are there, your kids' schools are there. So for own stay property, I think your comfort level of the area is of 
extreme importance because uh, essentially you want to ensure that you like the place, you love the place, you love the area that you're staying in. The other property that is actually purchased for investment, I think that one is very important that you have to look at certain factors because the emotional part of yourself staying there is out of the picture. So that investment property really have to work out well in terms of performance, the so rentability performance and future growth performance. So most of the time, the number one thing that we look at is whether is there any potential of the property in the area for future growth, whether is there any master plan transformation happening over there, any upcoming in terms of amenities or transportation transformation. And uh, we also want to look at the ease of rentability in that area in terms of the demand from tenants, because we want to ensure that if that property is to be rented out in the mid to long term, we want to ensure that the vacancy rate is kept low and that the take up rate of tenancy is good so that we do not have to top up so much to service the mortgage in a sense. The next thing that we want to look at is also the supply competition in that area. How does the performance of that property that you intend to buy fare compared to the surrounding properties? And that is something that is very important and usually we analyze that uh, back end for our clients because all these factors will actually affect your ease of exit in the mid to long term. And so you want to think if let's say five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years down the road, just imagine that you are the future buyer, will you actually want to buy that property or not? So you got to think in terms of the future buyer's shoe, whether will that property remain attractive in future because that will affect your ease of exit. Alright, so we'll come to the end of today's episode. We hope that you enjoy the Nuggets on the Go series with us. Now, do remember to also check out another podcast that we have at the Property Universe Studio. It's called So Far So Good, whereby we interview industry leaders, market leaders relating to the real estate industry. We also speak with our teammates. We talk with people relating to tips and advice that they can give to the real estate market when it comes to buying and selling. Now, we also talk to entrepreneurs and business owners as well to get their viewpoint, chat about their business, and talk to interesting people. So it's just a very casual platform whereby we chat with people at a podcast studio. So tune in to So Far So Good. Again, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify. Now, if you want a little bit more visual elements, head on to our YouTube channel whereby you get to see a couple of different kind of playlists like how we sold investor series, uh, Ask Property Brothers series whereby we share charts, opinions, facts, statistics, and figures. And uh, if you want a little bit more visual elements, that's the place to go. Now, if you are traveling and on the road all the time, tune into our podcast. My name is Melvin Lim from the Proper Limbra Studio, and it's good having you with us. All right, take care. See you.